0: Hello everyone! Welcome back to episode four of Sticky Hands Beekeeping and Mead Making podcast,
1: where we discuss beekeeping here in the northeast of Pennsylvania and mead making for anyone around the world.
0: Awesome, awesome! Well, um, well, before we get started, I just wanted to tell you I'm I'm, I, I'm excited to uh, get um, to do this podcast today because I'm actually getting to. Sip one of your concoctions that you made, um, and you brought to me a couple weeks ago. Do you remember what you brought to me?
1: I do, Brian.
0: Uh, yeah, it's good. Mm-mm-mm. I'm sipping on it right now. It's a, uh, it's that pomegranate blackberry mead that you made. Um, do you remember what honey you used on that? Because I'm trying to figure it out. But I my palate isn't that I sophisticated. Yet. Yeah, I, I
1: and that one I happened to. Um... Use orange blossom, honey.
0: Mm, okay. Mm.
1: And don't forget, you were just a little bit on the rude side. You forgot to introduce yourself.
0: Oh, I did. I am a rude man, am I? Well, my <laughs> name is Brian Frukey.
1: I'm, I'm your Zemple. co-host.
0: <laughs> and this is my uncle. <laughs> Brett Zemple. Brett Zemple. Yeah. And uh, we are going to go over a few things today. And one are going
1: was the oh, meat right you were here. sipping on.
0: Oh yeah, one of them was the mead I'm sipping on. Um, I think that's something we should definitely do. Um, in another podcast or so, we'll have like a, what are they drinking? Episode or something, or maybe we'll do like a, um, uh, uh, you know, a certain mead while we're doing our little podcast. Or uh, I think that'd be uh, uh, kind of cool. And I encourage the audience to drink some mead or whatever they like, their favorite craft beer or or a glass of wine. Um. A spirit, a distilled spirit. If they so indulge, and if you're, if none of that appeals to you, um, if you could always maybe drink your favorite, any favorite refreshment, yeah, like a kombucha so, or a yun. Anything, I'm down with that. That's cool. Speaking of which, I want to get off topic, but you had this interesting idea that you brought to my attention, um, a couple days ago when we were talking. You asked me about if I ever heard about kombucha or if I've ever made it, correct?
1: Correct. Yes, sir.
0: So I've, I've drank it. It's not my uh, favorite cup of fermented tea. Ha ha ha. I've had a few and um, I'm still trying to find one that really, really is uh, palatable for me at least. And I think it's just because I'm a typical, um, I have that typical palate where I need that. I like that sweet uh, sweetness level or factor to really come through. And obviously with the kombucha, it's more on that sour note side.
1: Which is what I was going to ask you. What is it that um, you didn't like? But you, it's the sour note that you don't like. So you don't like sour beers, then?
0: I I don't normally. Once in a while, I like a good goza. Or, um, or or I believe that's how I'm. I'm, I hope I'm saying it right. If I'm not, please correct me. Um, Well, how about
1: lemonade during the summer? You don't drink lemonade?
0: I do. I like shandies. I like some things. I think I don't like those overly sour beers. I don't like the lambics. I really don't like the overly sour bread. The 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 beers made with bread or or uh, doused with uh, the lacto. Right. Uh, yeah, it's not my thing. Right. Usually.
1: So, which brings sellers. up an interesting point. I, uh, which is what I think you might have been getting to, um, is that <clears throat> kombucha could be an interesting thing to try to integrate into mead making. I don't know if anybody's ever done it. Uh, you hear a lot of talk about titratable acids. Uh, abbreviated TA right so that's the amount of acid that's left or that the beverage ferments out to and it it provides a balance right so balance but over the let's just say compared to the sweetness uh -hmm. some people like you don't particularly care for the tartness so Uh, it's put me onto a new thing about trying to actually brew some kombuchas and junes, as some people call them, or yun, J-U-N, which is made with green tea as opposed to kombucha that's made with black tea. So I'm just going to have to whip one up and see if we can get you to get on the good foot and get some probiotics in your
0: system. Well, well, thank you. I appreciate you being so concerned about my health, there, uncle. (laughs) (laughs) I know that we were. uh, That was more of an impromptu um, little discussion there. But let's get back to. I think the more on the beekeeping side, and I know um, you. We had a pretty busy last week or so. I went to a little, um, a little seminar, a little speech on honeybees uh, last week, Uh, and I know that you. Uh, within who the last you, week who, or so. You,
1: who, who was speaking?
0: Uh, it was a gentleman. So I saw an ad in the paper for a, um, a local library by where I live. They had a gentleman doing a little uh, little lecture on honeybees. And I just said to call up and reserve a seat. So here I am thinking, wow, this is going to be cool. I'm going to head up there there's going to be like a big audience and I'm thinking I'm gonna. I am thinking i am going to i did not know what to think. is my first lecture on bees at a library, so I didn't know what to think. So I call up, and the lady's like, "Oh, sure, you you can come, and here's uh, we'll we'll reserve you a seat." And I'm like, "Okay." So um, I show up, and it was it was really cold. Like, granted, it was very that was last week when we were in that extreme polar uh, vortex went, uh, you know, a tundra like, um, cold weather snap that we had. So, uh, it was, I, that might've kept the crowds at bay, but I, I marched on to the, to the lecture and I was able to see, um, me and three other people were able to see the gentleman, uh, give a nice little, um, lecture about honeybees. Very brief, very brief, um, overview uh, he go, yeah, overview. He didn't go into depth. He answered a few questions, um, you know, he let us uh, look, you know, he looked through some slides, but not nice guy, um, really knowledgeable. Uh, very, um, I hope that maybe uh, uh, we'll be able to get him um, on for an interview in the uh, next upcoming episodes. I, I think um, I have his information. I gave it to you to, yeah, to actually, you. I know you reached actually, out. I
1: did talk to him. It, it's just, you know, some uh, logistical things that I have to go through. Apparently getting interviews with with uh, the general public, especially that somebody might, that might have credentials, isn't quite as easy as you think it would be. So there's some logistics that I have to go through uh, to get it done, which
0: actually brings You're telling me, moment. wait, are you trying to say that people don't want to talk to us two yahoos on a podcast? <laughs> wait, um, <what's> <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> Like, a, we're harmless. What do we know? No, but I think you're right. I think we're very new to this guy. Um, if anyone listening, I don't, I, don't I
1: don't think it's the point that we're new. I think it's I think it's the the general public, you know, everybody's sue happy. So people are worried about getting into a car accident because they don't want to get sued, you know. They don't want to let people on their property in case they trip and fall, blah, blah, blah. So I think, yeah. you know, people are a little bit more guarded with their name and what and how you're going to use their name and how you're going to portray them. We mean it in a very innocent, informative way where we can pass on the information that this gentleman has and hopefully inspire and maybe he'll teach somebody something or teach us even something that we don't know. Mm -hmm. Uh, But unfortunately... Uh, you have to gain people's. Tr- you know, he doesn't know us from Adam, right? Uh, so you have to gain their trust, and and that's so that's part. of, I guess that's going to be part of the program. You know?
0: Yeah, I definitely part of the, part of the process. But I know uh, uh, that would. I definitely think he would be someone that would definitely bring some added value to the podcast. And we've um, we. We had somebody on last week that we interviewed. It was a personal friend, a dear friend of uh, of ours, and I thought um, she did a great job. She was very super excited. I talked to her since, and I told her you're a celebrity now. you have gotten a couple of views on podcast.
1: <laughs> Actually, Bye. I gave you a great segue into another topic. You could have come. You could have gone back to Barb, but um, uh, I don't know him from Adam. Which.
0: I heard that, and I was going to jump on it, but I thought it was too easy. So speaking of a guy named Adam, didn't you also meet a – so you, so I guess you're right. I, I could have jumped on that, but uh, I see where you're going with that. But um, okay, I'm going to pick up on my segue skills, pick up skills, but you're right. Uh, okay, so back to Adam. So I know there's a gentleman that uh, he's a, um, a mead maker, right? Yep. And uh, yep. met him last week. You want to tell the audience a little yeah, bit so about you, that? So
1: Brian had sent me a link to this little workshop that uh, Adam uh, was, is, was doing, did, uh, out of his meadery, Haymaker Meadery, down there in Montgomeryville, Montgomeryville PA. Pennsylvania. Um, he's got a nice little space where he's producing commercial meads and he put on this like two-hour little workshop how to how to put together a mead and i sort of wanted to look and see what he was doing and get a little tour of the place and he said well this is pretty much everything i have this what you see is what it is and he has this nice little uh tasting bar i'll call it um and very interesting trying to get an interview with him as well um I think it'd be very interesting to sit down with him and Brian and do some tastings and just discuss uh, his whole process, how he got into mead making and, uh, and get it right from him rather than me just relaying some of the stories he had told a very interesting person, very passionate about what he does. Um, and I actually held off on doing any tastings while I was there because I, I really want to sit down with him and, and as I'm sure you do, Brian, and and discuss the actual meads that we're drinking with him and sort of discover, discover them together, you know, as a trio, the mead maker uh, that being Adam and, um, and you Brian and myself. So hopefully we have a treat in store for you in the very near future where we get to interview Adam.
0: Oh, that's the only reason why I'm here. I'm just in it for the free samples. Oh
1: boy! <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, but I think that's awesome. I think that's um, why that I is have totally... to bring
1: down free samples every time I come to see you.
0: Yes, I'm an expensive date.
1: Hmm. All right.
0: <laughs> the well, other, um,
1: the other interesting thing that I did this week, in fact, just today, was I sure. had the opportunity to go down and. Um, build some bee boxes with uh, with Mike, uh, who's a gentleman who's the farm manager down at the Rodell Institute, um, and I'm actually going to go back back there again, and we're going to have a discussion about bees and and talk about queen rearing and. And some other issues, he's located about two hours from me, southeast of me, uh, and around the Allentown area and that that general vicinity. And so what he has to discuss is very applicable to beekeeping here in northeastern Pennsylvania. Is it exact? No. Uh, What he does... um, will mostly apply to how we want to keep and manage bees here. Um, yeah, so that, that'll be another interesting interview. Again, and it's it's just a, with him, it's a slightly different take on the red tape. He's got a, because he doesn't own the company, he is an employee, He ha- we have to submit paperwork. So he can get permission from the communications department and, whoever, and all the other powers to be to sign off on him actually doing an interview with us. But he's got some terrific experience. He's a protege of Kurt Webster, who is a New Hampshire beekeeper, and he's a treatment-free beekeeper. No chemicals in the hives at all. So he's keeping bees in a very natural way.
0: Uh, so when you you delve a little bit more into the treatment free um, aspect, so what exactly does that mean? I mean, he doesn't even put smoke in their face when he's no smoke smoking.
1: is not a treatment. Smoke is okay. smoke well, is more maybe of a it yeah, it's okay. Smoke smoke is a disguise. Actually, I'm gonna just interject something really quick. I think it'd be really cute to interview my brother Eric because we were <laughs> we were chatting and I said oh man this would be a great interview because he knows nothing about bees absolutely zip and he's trying to tell me I should put heaters in my hives and, and we can get them to work all winter and make honey and make babies and, and do all this stuff and and I thought it would be kind of cute because here's a person that knows absolutely zippity-doo-dah about bees and I have a feeling that there could be quite a few people that might be in that same predicament that that they want to learn about bees and they want to keep bees and and sometimes they see these harebrained schemes on youtube about peters and hives because i've actually seen that um, and so i think it'd be kind of cute i think that's the right word cute um, (laughs) to interview him because Uh, because he's coming from a place that he, he knows nothing about it and he's asking questions that seem seem reasonable to some degree you know and they just have to be answered and not only answered for him but hopefully answered in such a way that the public isn't uh totally offended
0: <laughs> i i definitely would say I'm, I'm a neophyte when it comes to honeybee knowledge and i think i'm i'm a little bit more versed than the average uh than the average uh layman uh when it comes to honeybees they're very interesting it's just a super uh interesting and very like actually dynamic like just the everything that involves them it's like there's so much involvement that goes into it they're such a very such a uh, creature right uh you know and yeah, so there's just like uh, so much to learn. Just when you think you've not just when you think you've learned enough, you 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 you, you, you haven't. You know, there's so much more to, to learn well, about them and just the way. They want, well, right, where you know? where our
1: match is made in heaven, so to speak, is that you are very proficient uh, in being able to taste and pull things apart and and dissect what you know, meads, let's just say that I've made or beers or meads that other people have made and and say, other than saying, oh, this is good, I like it, you, you can pick it apart. So where you know, I work on the technical aspect of maybe putting it together or this, this and that, uh, you're like the, the person that does the critiquing. So because if, if you're standing on an island, you know, of course, everything probably tastes great, right? But if, sure. you, if you put it out there, you know, it'll be a little bit different. Anyway, I wanted to answer your question about treatment-free beekeeping. So treatment-free beekeeping, the short answer is that, um, and this is, doesn't necessarily have anything to do with organic so although they could somewhere cross paths those two words words—it, it, it's the treatment free beekeepers are not predicated that idea is not predicated around being organic they just don't want to treat the bees with chemicals in their hives and put chemicals into the wax which will eventually wind, wind up in Well, it doesn't really wind up in makeup because the people that buy the wax for makeup, you know, they do all kinds of tests to make sure that it is in fact chemical free. Um, So we don't want the chemicals in the end product, that being the honey, or if you go even further and make mead, you don't want those chemicals getting into any of that stuff. And it's just a way of thinking about keeping bees like Nobody treats bees in the wild, right? Bees live in trees and and numerous other places, but nobody's gassing them with, you know, or or putting chemical fumagellin or or apivar, you know, to to take care of the mite situation or some other fungus or some other disease that they might have. Uh, bees are taking care huh. of themselves or if they happen to get sick, they get sick, they that colony dies off, and it's 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 the strongest will survive. It's an attrition of nature. They they go by the wayside, and the stronger colonies keep pressing on. Very
0: Darwinian. Yeah, I get that. So it's more ethical. It's more on they, Basically, it's more on the ethical standpoint of of, of taking care of well, the bees because organic means that you'd have to certifyly know where those bees are going to get the nectar and pollen that they would be to make in their would, honey, I would correct? So, so, yeah. would, would,
1: I don't know much about being organic, I but organic. I know that you're right. You have to be certified. People, somebody has to come in and look at your stuff. And and it seems to me like, and maybe I should research that for another, another podcast about what it would mean to be an organic beekeeper, you know? personally i think it's a little bit a little bit off the hook but (laughs) treatment free i get treatment free i agree with to date i have not treated my bees you
0: know um that's great and maybe that's something that uh you can keep doing I, I and i guess it all depends on uh what you're at what what your perspective is on 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 um Raising bees, and from what I gather, you care about them and you're passionate about them, and you're not looking at, at them as just a profit and um, profit gain. You know, it's it's more than that. If they're like right. your friends, you know, they're. And I think that when you do, when you make that correlation to to um, to the bees and, um, and and that you care about them and you and and and, and why would you want to do anything that would possibly hurt them? You know, and I I understand that. And
1: not, not to be confused to some, you know, there are commercial beekeepers that either produce queens or produce bees or produce honey that, uh, that are using chemical treatments. Now, the FDA and a whole bunch of other people, whoever are passing all these laws, uh, I, I, if you follow the guidelines, Um, the honey will be safe, that's for sure, if you're applying the treatments in a certain way but the wax won't and, you know, these are commercial guys these are guys that have a thousand colonies 1500 colonies, 10,000 colonies And, and they make their living and they provide they provide incomes to people that help them take care of their bees and move bees around the country and help pollinate the almonds and the apples and the oranges. And, and, and I, unless somebody in the audience knows of a massive beekeeper that is treatment free, I'm pretty sure that most commercial beekeepers on the, on the huge scale, they're all, they're all treating their hives. And that's not a put down in any way. That's a function of something they have to do, you know, to stay in business. Um, we're talking about a treatment for beekeeping from a different perspective, from a different point of view, where it's maybe you're keeping 200 colonies, 300, 500 colonies. And um, it's just like a way of life, I, I guess you could put it. You know, it's a way of treating the bees. And and I guess what you get out of it. So that that's at, at well, the moment. That's my take on it that probably will be an evolution over time and <clears throat> I'll be able to better explain it uh, from maybe from a more technical standpoint, I guess, if you're interested, that is.
0: Well, I know that that's something you could also maybe tag or link a few articles on your blog. Sticky Hands Be Keeping and Me Making blog. Dot. What, start what is that address again? Yeah.
1: Another good segue. I like that. Was your segue to me? I like that. See, I tried.
0: <laughs> I did. I, I. I'm setting it up for you. Oh,
1: yeah. So I've dog. been busy. For, yeah. I've been really busy trying to get some of these social media channels going. I have my YouTube. You I have like my it, YouTube baby. channel set up. I don't have one video on there yet, but it's ready to go. I have the blog up and running with. I think it's one or two whole posts, (laughs) but you know, with my schedule, with my grandson three days a week and other stuff around the farm here, it's been hectic, but I am, I am making a lot of progress and I will do that. Put some links to, um, to this podcast and to uh, treatment free beekeeping uh, articles and such. On the blog. That's awesome. <laughs> it's, it's, it's actually oh, sticky hands, beekeeping and mead making.com.
0: Ah, okay. It's really long. It's a awesome. Long one. It is, but I feel like it's good. At least people might be a good way for them to remember if they remember the podcast and, um, you know, they'll be able to link to that one as well. And you'll have that in the show notes. As I, well, right? I will. Yeah. Okay, perfect. Well, it sounds like you had a very busy, like a bee at week, week uh, before. And uh, uh, with that being said, I know we went past, a little bit past our normal time of about twenty <laughs> minutes, right? We. <laughs> it started.
1: I remember. I think. I think we said we were going to get fifteen-minute sound bites, but we're slowly but surely working our way up,
0: aren't <laughs> we? We're building out that frame. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, jeez.
0: But uh, it was nice to chit chat with you as always. I actually just finished my uh, glass of your awesome palm blackberry uh, mead here. So I'm going to, we're going to end this podcast so I can get a refill, but it was awesome uh, chatting with you and I hope everyone uh, that stayed with us and um, listened to it. We appreciate that. Come buzz by us again for the, for next, for our next episode on sticky hands beekeeping and mead making
1: for beekeepers in northeastern pennsylvania and for mead making around the world
0: goodbye have folks good
1: night and have a great week